Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. Roadman, I've got something exciting to fuel your ride. If you're looking for fuel for your training or racing that's natural, light on the stomach, and packed with real energy, then look no further than Veloforte. They're revolutionising the game with their gels and chews. Trust me, you're going to want to try them out. The gels, well, they're packed with real fruit, natural electrolytes and big, bold flavours you'll love. They're informed sports certified, the perfect companion to help you train and compete with confidence. But you need to check out the chews, especially the Mela. This is the apple flavoured chew that just won the Great Taste Award. These chews are 100% natural, made of the purest electrolytes, and they're easy to eat and light on the stomach. They offer a great texture change from gels in the later stages of training rides or endurance events. And here's something special for the Roadman community. If you use the code ROADMAN30, that's ROADMAN30, you'll get a fantastic discount of 30% off your first order. Taste the award-winning difference today. This is fuel for greatness. Well, hello, all you beautiful cyclists. Now, today I am going to run it through zone training. I'm going to talk about what it is and what benefits training in each zone does. Training in these specific heart rate and power zones is really important for cyclists. We really need to train in these zones and spend some time in each zone because we want to optimize our training and This will help us achieve those, like all of our varied fitness and performance goals, no matter what they are. Training in just one zone all of the time isn't a really great idea. And we do see people do that a lot. And it's usually zone three. Everybody loves to just go out and ride around in zone three because it's kind of hard. You feel like you're kind of getting workout. But if you do that, it's kind of like having a toolbox. You only have one type of tool, like it's just not going to work for every job. And cycling requires loads of different types of efforts. So you've got like your steady endurance, you've got sprints, you've got hills. And if you only stick to one zone, you're really missing out on developing important aspects like endurance, sprinting, muscle strength. And if you mix it up, it helps your body to adapt to all of those demands that cycling throws at us. And it reduces the risks actually as well of injuries. And it also really importantly keeps your progress from hitting one of those dreaded plateaus. And that is why training in zones is so important and we really need to switch your gears and ride through this entire spectrum of zones that we have because that's going to make you a more well-rounded and fitter cyclist. Training in these zones provides a really structured approach to tailoring workouts to your individual fitness level and they really ensure that the right amount of intensity is being prescribed for a person because what might be intense for one person could be really easy or too hard for another. And there's so many benefits to training in this way and using that specific heart rate and power zones for you. You can monitor your progress more effectively. You can target specific goals and you can actually peak at the right time for those events. For your targeted event, training in zones will actually help you get to that event in the best shape ever. 
And the other amazing thing about training sessions in these zones is that it really optimizes your time, especially if you've got a really busy life and you've got a very limited time to train. Training in zones is very, very effective. Using these systems is also going to reduce the risk of overtraining. And if you follow these science-based approach for training you're going to see improved performance and sustainability really you know you're going to be cycling for a long 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 time so how do you know what your zones are well as I said it's very individual I mean my zone five is and this is kind of hard to admit but it's probably Anthony's zone two low zone two probably and in order to get your zone numbers you either need to do a FTP test or you need to know your max heart rate so getting your FTP that's your functional threshold power or your maximum heart rate you need this for tailoring your cycling training so FTP that's the highest sustainable power output and that indicates your aerobic capacity and a really well designed FTP test it's usually a 20 minute all-out effort that's the one that we prescribe on the coaching side of the business this helps to determine your training zones there's loads of videos out there online about how to do an FTP test if you have a parameter on the other hand heart rate max this is the highest heart rate during really intense exercise and this is what guides our heart rate based training and it's usually measured through vigorous exertion and having one of these numbers your FTP or your max heart rate will allow you to set your zones. Okay so let's go into each zone and talk about the benefits of training in each zone. Now I'm going to be talking about percentages of FTP and heart rate so don't worry about trying to remember these I'm going to push these percentages to get your zones in the show notes for you so you can refer to those. So zone one is less than 55% of your FTP and less than 55% of your max heart rate. So my FTP the last time I tested was 268. So now I need to get 55% of 268 and there you have it I'm in zone one. Now 55% of my FTP is around 147 watts. So there you go, there's my zone one. And if I'm going by heart rate, my max heart rate is 188. So 55% of that is around 100 beats per minute. So zone one, why do we need to train in zone one? Well, zone one's also known as the active recovery zone or zone one recovery, you'll hear people calling it. It's the lowest intensity training zone and zone one's kind of where you want to be on a recovery day off the bike. You might go for an easy walk or you might do some yoga, you might do some stretching and there's so many benefits of training in this zone. So zone one training promotes active recovery because it increases blood flow to muscles and it doesn't cause any significant fatigue. This actually helps to flush out any metabolic byproducts like lactate and you're going to hear me talking about lactate a lot throughout this podcast and it really promotes the healing of those micro tears in the muscle tissues that happens when we train really hard. Exercising at this low intensity increases your blood circulation and oxygen delivery to muscles and that helps in the removal of waste products and it really enhances overall oxygenation to support your recovery processes. Zone 1 really allows also for this kind of mentally relaxing workout and it 
gives us a break from these high intensity efforts that we do as cyclists and it can serve really well as a transition between intense training days and it can kind of keep you mentally fresh to start training really hard again the following day and even though intensity is very low in zone one these efforts still help cyclists to maintain their base fitness levels without risking any overtraining or excessive fatigue. And it also helps in preventing injury because when you're exercising at this very low intensity, this kind of encourages gentle movement without putting excessive strain on muscles and joints. So we really need to not ignore zone one training. We need to incorporate it in as a holistic approach to training and really take it take into consideration the importance of recovery and injury prevention and movement that isn't high strain. And this will go really well in your pursuit of cycling and fitness performance improvements. Okay, next on to zone two. Now, zone two is often referred to as the endurance zone or aerobic zone. And this is efforts ranging from 55% to 74% of your functional threshold power, FTP, or of your maximum heart rate. This is the zone I'm going to be spending a lot of time in over the next couple of months in order to build up my base fitness. And training in this zone is going to enhance my aerobic capacity. So it'll improve my body's ability to utilize oxygen really efficiently and sustain efforts over extended duration. So those long cycles, those long sportifs, Wicklow 200, Rift, anything that's super long, it's that endurance and it helps to develop this really strong foundation. Training in zone two really encourages the body to start utilizing fat as a primary energy source. So it improves fat metabolism and it helps your body to stop depending so heavily on glycogen, so your sugar sources. And that's really crucial for endurance events and long duration rides. Consistent zone two training builds endurance by conditioning your heart, your cardiovascular, your heart and your lungs, your cardiovascular system to really efficiently deliver oxygen to your muscles. And that enables longer and more sustained efforts without that really excessive fatigue that we can feel. And the moderate intensity of zone two training helps build your muscular endurance. This is really important. So it helps to reduce the onset of fatigue during those really long rides and helps us to keep a steady pace throughout those very very long periods of effort not only that but enhancing this aerobic fitness through zone two enables quicker recovery between your high intensity training sessions so this type of fitness actually helps you get through and recover when you go in and out of the other harder zones so that is really really good to know over the last couple of weeks training in zone two constantly I have struggled because I found it very mentally taxing to stay in that really slow, slow zone. So knowing all of these uh, definitely helps me that there, you know, to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and I'm going to be reaping all of the rewards of sticking in this zone two for the next couple of months. And I cannot move on from zone two without talking about mitochondria because training in zone two plays a massive role in enhancing mitochondrial development and function. Now, mitochondria are often referred to as 
the powerhouses of cells and they're responsible for energy production through aerobic respiration and zone two training builds more dense mitochondria and those mitochondria are actually also more efficient at delivering energy to the muscles so that's such a big component of zone two training that mitochondrial health okay let's see about zone three. So zone three is often referred to as the tempo zone or sweet spot zone. And this encompasses efforts ranging from 75% to 89% of your FTP or your maximum heart rate. This, in fact, as I mentioned at the start, is probably the most common zone cyclists are going to train in. As I said, it's that zone you go out, you ride kind of hard for a few hours, you feel like Yep, got the job done, went training, I'm fatigued, I've definitely done my body some some good here. But the problem is if you only train in zone three or any of these zones, if you only train in zone one or if you only train in zone four, your body is going to adapt and plateau. So yeah, some training in zone three, of course, is fab and I'm going to go through those reasons why, but we don't want to spend all of our time here. So zone three training helps to raise the aerobic threshold. That's the point where the body begins to shift from really using an oxygen-based energy production to a more anaerobic, which is a lactate-producing state. And this enhances the ability to sustain higher intensities for longer durations. And that's what we're looking for here. Training in this zone really helps develop muscle endurance because it challenges the muscles to sustain those efforts at a moderate, kind of moderate, high high intensity and as you become better at this it's eventually going to train your body to delay the onset of fatigue during those endurance ride or races and if you're consistent with your training in zone three it will actually elevate the lactate threshold which is the point at which the body's production of lactate exceeds its ability to remove it this is important we are creating lactate in our muscles as a waste product a byproduct as we cycle and as we use energy and simply put when lactate production is higher than our ability to break it down and get rid of it we kind of get a buildup of lactate and this is the thing that causes fatigue and it can actually in severe cases called cramp so training in zone three can lead to an improved tolerance to lactate which will actually help delay muscle fatigue which is amazing. That's what you want. Now, zone three training is also fantastic for an increased focus on maintaining kind of good form on your bike and efficiency at these challenging, not too challenging kind of sustainable pace. So you can work on refining your pedal stroke, your posture, your breathing technique, and you can optimize your overall performance in zone three. So of course, there is a time for zone three riding. And of course, exercising at zone three, you're going to burn way more calories than if you're in zone one or zone two. So it is great if you're trying to lose a few pounds or manage your weight or change your body composition. And you're really going to find that zone three training, it kind of mirrors the intensity that's commonly 
experienced during races. So it makes an ideal zone for practicing race specific pacing strategies and getting accustomed to sustained efforts when you're getting stuck in uh, competitions and racing. Okay, zone four. Now, this is often referred to as the threshold zone or lactate threshold zone. And this encompasses efforts ranging from 90% to 104% of functional threshold power, FTP, or your maximum heart rate. Training in zone four helps to push the lactate threshold higher. That helps us to stay at these higher intensities for longer durations before experiencing that increase in lactate production and muscle fatigue. And zone four training really challenges the anaerobic energy system. So it improves the ability to generate and really sustain power without accumulating an excessive amount of lactate. And that improves your overall anaerobic capacity. Just to go over anaerobic, well, that is your short, your fast, your explosiveness. You're going to use that to sprint, to close a gap. And this is the system you're going to be improving when you're training in zone four. These high intensity efforts in this zone, they're going to lead to improvements in speed, power output, race performance, especially in time trials and crits and shorter road races. And training at this intensity improves the body's ability to utilize oxygen effectively optimizing that aerobic metabolism and supporting those sustained efforts at higher intensities and zone four training really requires mental toughness and focus to sustain those efforts near or at lactate threshold because it hurts it's painful it's sore every fiber in your body is telling you to stop so training here really helps to develop that mental resilience and the ability to endure that discomfort during intense riding Efforts in this zone, again, like the previous zone, they closely mimic race intensities. So it's a really good zone for simulating race scenarios, practicing surges, practicing attacks or managing a breakaway. And you can do this in a controlled training environment. The intensity in zone four allows for developing those skills that are related to high speed, high speed cornering drafting quick accelerations and you're going to need all of these especially if you're going to do some competitive cycling and really importantly zone four training stimulates some improvements in vo2 max so vo2 max is the maximum amount of oxygen that the body can use during intense exercise and that leads to increased aerobic power and performance gains so when you're in zone four you are really touching on that vo2 max training which is absolutely crucial now zone five zone five is often referred to as VO2 max zone. And that encompasses efforts ranging from 105% to 120% of functional threshold power, your FTP or your max heart rate. Now, zone five training pushes the body to its maximum oxygen consumption capacity, your VO2 max. And that results in enhanced aerobic power and the ability to sustain those high intensity efforts for shorter durations. And high efforts in this zone lead to increased oxygen uptake by muscles. That improves the efficiency of how your body uses oxygen. And training in zone five helps to increase the point at which the body transitions from aerobic to anaerobic energy production. And again, This allows for sustained efforts at those higher intensities. Workouts in this zone actually enhance the body's ability to tolerate and to 
buffer lactate and that's so important because it delays the point where the lactate builds up so much that it becomes a limiter to your performance have you ever tried to sprint for a town sign you're standing up on the pedals you're mashing down the pedals and next thing you've nothing well that's your lactate that's the buildup of lactate in your legs you just cannot push the pedals anymore and training in this zone actually builds a buffer so you can go at those intensities for longer and this zone five training will improve your speed your power output and if you're racing you need this zone five training and if you want to get really good at those intense bursts of effort for a race yeah you gotta gotta hit those zone five efforts in your training now high intensity efforts in this zone it actually recruits a greater number of fast twitch muscle fibers in our bodies we have fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fibers a long distance marathon runner is gonna have better slow twitch fibers a fast twitch sprinter that's what you want for those really really explosive bursts of energy and training in zone five will start to kind of recruit these fast twitch muscles that we have and of course let's not forget the mental toughness to train in zone five you got to be a tough sob because you got to focus you got to sustain these efforts at these intensities that are very close to your maximum capacity and i really do think that training in these zones does prepare you for the mental demands of racing at these competitive events okay let's finally get into zone six and zone six is really referred to as the anaerobic zone or the sprint zone and that encompasses efforts above 120 percent of functional threshold power that's your ftp or your maximum heart rate now zone six training is focused on improving that sprinting power that explosiveness that zip that you need and it helps in developing the ability to generate rapid and powerful bursts of speed and strength these high intensity efforts in the zone recruit and they activate those fast twitch muscle fibers that I was just speaking about these are crucial for generating that maximum force and power that you need in a really short amount of time and zone six training really improves your anaerobic capacity that allows cyclists to sustain those efforts without relying on oxygen for energy production it's kind of like magic efforts in this zone enhance the body's tolerance to high levels of lactate that delays muscle fatigue and helps you go longer and for more powerful sprints and of course cyclists can use the training from this zone to excel in very critical moments of race like breakaways attacks sprint finishes wherever high intensity efforts are essential training in zone six helps improve your acceleration capabilities it quickly allows cyclists to accelerate from a lower speed to a high intensity effort and that's really crucial for tactical maneuvers during a race and look even if you're not a racer training in these zones is still amazing because it's going to provide so many more benefits for your entire fitness so 
please don't be afraid to train dip in and out of these different zones so they are the six training zones explained and if you kind of think of zones as ingredients in a cake you need a little bit of some of these ingredients and you need a lot of others to make that perfect delicious cake so I guess the flour is zone two because that's the biggest ingredient that's where you want to spend most of your time building that base and I don't know maybe zone six is like a pinch of salt that you might throw in and you gotta get that balance right if you want that perfect cake so I hope you beautiful cyclists found this helpful that's it for me today I'm gonna be back next week with newbie questions on Friday with Anthony until then stay safe you gorgeous cyclists Mwah!